Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. This has been the first time since I started the podcast that I've missed a few episodes. I will tell you at some point about the spiritual journey that I went on. But now I am catching up with the study of Ephesians on chapter 4, where we hear a beautiful universal call to unity by Paul in the passage. And we know he was in prison, uh, most likely wrote this letter to the Ephesians from there. And in this letter, he says, I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. And then he lists what that means. What does it mean to live in a manner worthy, worthy of the call we have received? He says, are you humble? It is with humility. Are you gentle? It is with gentleness. Are you patient? He's listing some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, isn't he? Then he's saying, saying bearing one another through love. Do we bear one another with love? The ones that are li living closest to us, our spouses, our children, our co-workers, our neighbors, the extended family, our country. As we move to the election, by the way, make sure that you prepare to vote. How do we bear one another with love when we have political differences, when we don't see eye to eye on things very important to practice this, to live in a manner worthy of our call. And then striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit. I wanted to jump right into this because as we approach the election, it is essential that we call each other to unity, to oneness, through the bond of peace, as Paul invites us, one body and one Spirit. It doesn't matter that we have differing views, we have to come together. One of the things that I admire the most when I came to this country from Spain before I became an American is that I could see that whether people were Republican or Democrats, as soon as the election was over, everybody was an American. And I always thought that was amazing because in Spain there were these deep differences and people that were from different parties were enemies almost as much as from soccer games, you know. Um, but it's very serious when, when we actually do not fight against this feeling that we have to divide, that we, we find a way to yield, to be one, as Paul is inviting us to do. We were called to the one hope of our call, and, and this is the call, to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, to bear one another like God does with us. He gives us many chances Are you doing that for others? In Psalm 24, we find more clues to how to remain in unity. We belong to God, says Psalm 24. The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. You belong to God. I belong to God. Everybody belongs to God. We are called to relationship with him, and because of that, we maintain unity. For that ascent to be in his presence, we are given instructions. Because to be with God means we have to leave our ways behind. Our ways are not God's ways, and we have to be elevated. 
How does the psalm invite us to do that? It asks, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who desires not what is in vain. What is this then? It is a matter of how we act, how we have acted, how we will act, and how we have desired, how we are desiring right now, how we will desire. What we have done with our hands and how we've directed our hearts has brought us here, and we can pivot. If we're out of alignment, we can take a deep breath and say, Father, forgive me and help me, guide me to make a shift to align my life with you, that my steps from now on may help me ascend the mountain so that I may stand in your holy place. We are invited to sinless, sinlessness, but we, can, we cannot accomplish this on our own. We are invited to see God's face in the psalm. We long for this. We know one day we will be face to face when we leave this world. And yet we know that when Moses asked God to see him, God told him that no one can see him and remain alive. And God allowed him to see his back. And for that, he placed Moses in the cleft of a rock as protection so that Moses could see him pass as he went by. And he saw his back. And when he spoke with God at the burning bush and returned to God's people with the tablets of the commandments, his face was radiant, even though he had just been in his presence. This is what happens when we spend time in the presence of God. Do you spend time? I know that I get so busy. Sometimes I fuss about it or I make other things more important. And yet Paul tells us, such is the race that seeks for him the face of God. In the, the psalm tells us this. Let us run, run this kind of race that Paul does tell us. One that seeks to encounter God in the small details of our life. In the small moments of what we are given in our family, in our work life. In the encounters at the supermarket, at the gas station, at the schoolyard. Dropping the kids off with masks on in the freeway when we're changing lanes with peacefulness in our many zoom calls when we're going to the voting booth let us be people that long to see god's face that unites us let us then see what jesus tells us today in the gospel are in luke chapter 12 so let's review where we've been it's a good reminder for me, since I haven't been doing the podcast for the last couple of days. First, there were warnings against hypocrisy as crowds gathered around Jesus. And they were gathering to the point that they were trampling one another, if you remember in one of the episodes. Jesus speaks harshly to the Pharisees that are not good guides for an authentic spiritual journey. He calls them out, and with very, very blunt words. Jesus reminds us that, all we say and do will be revealed at the time of judgment. In this chapter 12, we also see a number of exhortations to have courage under persecution. Jesus is giving his disciples words to let them know they will endure it. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but of those who can cast you to Jehenna. And we talked about what Jehenna was in, in, one, in one of the episodes. And then Jesus speaks of the great value we have to God that knows the number of hairs on our heads and invites us not to be worried about material things and speaks also of the importance to confess his name in the world. 
he tells us also super encouragingly that we have angels assisting in the journey. And I asked you to ask for help from them. We hear also about the unforgivable sin, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. And then chapter 12 has parables of the rich fool and of the faithful servant, plus invitations to detach from material goods, to give alms, and to place our treasure in heaven. Today, we hear about how to interpret signs of the times from a divine perspective. And oh boy, oh boy, we look around us and it does seem that as many other times in history, we could say, oh, the end of times are coming. Can you imagine being in World War I in Europe or a few years later, World War II? That would, would have looked exactly like the end of times. And then right after that in 1948, Israel becomes a nation. And that's one of the things that is prophesied. So right around that time, the same thing, thinking about the end of times during the Cold War, thinking of the end times, right? How about when Rome falls? Christianity has happened to spread and it's everywhere in the Roman Empire. And at that point, <laughs> you know, um, the Roman Empire falls. That would have looked like the end times. Around the year 1000, it would have looked like the end times. We definitely thought the end times were coming in the year 2000. And yet Jesus says, how do we interpret signs of the times? You know, he tells us when a cloud rises in the west, you immediately say it's going to rain. And it does. Or you notice the wind blowing from the south and you think it's going to be hot. I wonder... What metaphors Jesus would have used for us? Maybe he would have used the internet if he had appeared now and tell us that we know certain things are happening by uh, how things are moving in the internet. I definitely see my children telling me things that they know more about than I do when they're looking at certain things in the internet. So all the things that have happened in 2020, we find ourselves wondering how to move forward in this climate of uncertainty, how to interpret what's happening in the election with a pandemia, with all these uh, economic difficulties, so many people being laid off, so many people dying. What is the design of this moment? Jesus talks to the crowds with these agricultural metaphors, but he then says, you failed how to judge for yourselves what is right. So whether it's politics or society or economic issues in our own life, are we connecting what is happening to what is happening from God's perspective? Are we open to love in the midst of anything? Whether we are in the year 600, we're in the year 1000, or we are in 2020, God is asking us for the very same thing. Be open to love in the midst of anything. Love God and your neighbor. That remains the same. Be prepared to speak the truth anywhere, in easy times and difficult times. And in some places, it has become difficult to speak the truth. In fact, it's becoming difficult to have conversations. We have to practice this with each other. The message is the same. Be ready to wield the spiritual sword of God's word with humility doing battle with the darkness of the world. Jesus was doing it in his time at the turn of the first millennia, and he's inviting us to do it today in 2020. So let us go to the throne. Father Almighty, be with us as we walk in these times of darkness. 
help us with the pandemic? Help the scientists find a solution. Help this disease to end in, immediately in the name of Jesus. We ask that this election be peaceful, Father, that the transfer of power be peaceful, Father, that everybody may find ways to reconcile views and to find unity as Paul was inviting us to do that in the first century. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Mm -hmm.